Come on, if you love Jesus, let's give him praise in the house. He's worthy, isn't he? Praise in the name of the Lord. Amen, amen. What a blessing to be here with you. Remain standing with me today. I'm going to get into the word of the Lord, but I want to say it is such an honor to be here with you all again tonight. So thankful for the blessings of the Lord in our service this morning, and as well, glad to see my friends here today who went to Israel. They're groupies now. They qualify as groupies. So glad that they are here. And uh, yes, our uh, Biblical Hebrew Academy online uh, is open for enrollment now. You can visit our website at www.biblicalhebrewacademyonline.com. And you can enroll you're a beginner, if you've been a student before, you may want to enroll at 200 to 300 level, whichever one applies to you, but our beginner's level uh, biblical Hebrew uh, is available for you, and I'm sure that you will enjoy studying the Word of God with us. We do much more than just learn the letters and reading and writing uh, the Aleph base of the Hebrew uh, alphabet. We learn content. Content I tell my students all the time, we do not study the Word of God for the purpose of academia. We study the Word of God for the purpose of godliness. That has to be our goal. So do uh, check out our website. I think that you will have a great time studying the Word of God with us. We do live classes, but we also, in case you cannot attend the live class, we do archive those. Every enrolled student receives a passcode that they can then retrieve our recordings uh, on our website that you can view at your leisure. So uh, this is a very flexible format and model for those who are busy in ministry, family work, etc. So check us out. We'd love to have you in the academy and we always have a great time studying together. Our last summer semester we had over 160 enrolled students. We're so grateful for that. We've had uh, somewhere north of 550 students that have gone through the academy just in the last two years. And we're so grateful that God has blessed uh, this thing, and we want to invite you to be a part of it and see what God uh, might do for you in Biblical Hebrew Academy online. So I'm very appreciative of that. Pastor gave me permission to make that plug, and I appreciate that. Amen. So glad to have my beautiful wife with me of the last 16 years. She's still with me. Uh, that means the grace of God is upon her life uh, to be able to put up with me. But I'm so thankful. And I have five children that are scattered from center to circumference in the sanctuary uh, tonight. But I'm so glad that my family is here with me. I don't always get to travel with them, but I just think I preach better whenever they're there. And I'm so appreciative of my wonderful wife who's with me tonight. And I want to also give honor to pastor and bishop, their family, the leadership of this wonderful assembly. And God bless all of the saints for your faithfulness in the kingdom. The 52nd Psalm, the 52nd Psalm is where we're going to take our text. As you're finding the 52nd Psalm, I'm so thankful to get to meet with our Israel interest group. We had a great number of of uh, interested people who want to go to Israel. We're so thankful for them. If you weren't able to make the meeting, we will be getting more information to you through Pastor V. So do make sure uh, that you touch base with him if you are interested in going to Israel with us in 2022. We're looking forward to having a good time there. 
the 52nd Psalm. We're going to read verse 8 and 9. I'm going to try to uh, not wear the microphone out like I did this morning. Started wearing out batteries. But I am like a green olive tree. Everyone say green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. And I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. Done what? It. What do you need? Healing? He's done it. Salvation? He's done it. Deliverance? He's done it. Provision, miraculous provision, he's done it. That is the God that we serve. So I will praise thee forever because thou hast done it. I like it when the Bible just says, I'm going to praise him because he's done it. And I will wait on thy name. That means to serve. For it is good before thy saints. A very simple text and a very simple title tonight an olive tree in the house of God. That's what God wants each one of us to be in this place tonight. An olive tree in the house of God. Turn to your neighbor and look at him right in the eyes and say, I am a green olive tree in the house of God. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. Definitely one of the most remarkable trees in the world is the olive tree. Most of us are not too familiar with olive trees because they don't always grow in a lot of places where we live here in the United States. However, in the land of the Bible, it was and it is the most important of all trees because it is a source of food it is a source of light. It is a source of hygiene as well as a source of healing. Olive trees, their fruit, and the oil of their fruit have long played a very important role in the daily life of Israel. For nearly 6,000 years, olives have been eaten as a Mediterranean staple. As well, the olive oil has been used for cooking, it's been used in lamps for light. Olive oil has been used as medicine and as well for anointing oil in religious ceremonies. By the time of the Roman conquest of Judea, the olive had become one of the most basic dietary items, not just for the prince, but as well for the pauper. The amazing thing about olives is that they grow in almost any condition. They grow on terraced hills. They grow in valleys. They grow in rocky soil. They grow in fertile soil. And they can thrive in great heat with minimum amounts of water. And the olive tree is known today in biology to be virtually indestructible. 
Some trees in Israel today, some olive trees still to this day grow from root systems that are over 2,000 years old. The Bible declares to us that it was an olive leaf that a dove returned to Noah's ark, brought to Noah, and when that dove came in the evening, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, the Bible says in Genesis 8 and verse number 11. What does that tell you and I? That tells us that even though the flood that covered this entire world, the global deluge that happened, could not stop the greenness of the olive tree. Although many people perished in the flood, that green olive tree was still there as a testimony to Noah in his ark. Primarily, the olive tree to us today symbolizes faithfulness as well as steadfastness. But I love what the psalmist says, and I think to you and I tonight, it is a perfect testimony of what you and I should aspire to be. The psalmist declares, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercies of God forever and ever. And you and I today understanding a little bit about the biology of the olive tree, you and I now can understand the reason why the psalmist said, I want to be a green olive tree. Why? Because no matter what condition that an olive tree find itself it can still grow, it can still be green, and it can still bear fruit. I've come by here to Bethlehem to encourage somebody today. You're not just any old tree. You've been called to be a green olive tree in the house of God. It doesn't matter what situation you find yourself in in your life. If you're in a dry season, if you're in a rainy season, if you find yourself in a rocky season, I have good news for you. When you are a green olive tree you were made to be a survivor it doesn't matter what climatic conditions you find yourself in you are a survivor you were built to survive yes we have problems yes we have trials yes we have dry places in our life but if you are a green olive tree in the house of God there is nothing that can stop you today I am. Turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, I am a green olive tree. The days of feeling fruitless and insignificant are over. God has sent me by here to tell you who you are. You see, it's very important for us to know who God is. The scripture tells us, Shema Israel, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. It is a great thing to know that there is one God and that his name is one. But it does very little for us in our life, that knowledge, if we do not realize who we are. And I'm here to declare to you that you are a green olive tree planted in the house of God. God is has not called us to be tumbleweeds. He's not called us to be blown around by every wind of doctrine. He's called us to get rooted and get grounded into this foundation of the house of God. If you want to remain green, if you want to remain fruitful, no matter what comes your way, get planted in the house of God.
You've got to get planted. You've got to be faithful. What does it mean to be a green olive tree planted in the house of God? First, we must be determined to have deep roots. <laughs> this is the amazing thing about the olive tree. The olive tree has an amazing ability. When many trees want to go up, and we think that a tree is strong because of what we see above the surface, the olive tree says, no, I know my strength is not in my branches. The branches are for my fruit. My strength lies in my roots. And it's because of this that more olive tree is actually below the ground than what's above the ground. You see, it's very important. I believe that it was, uh, that it was Bishop Tenney who said, if you will worry about going deeper, God will worry about how far you spread out. A lot of people want to go out. They want to grow out. But God is saying, if you'll worry about going deep, he'll take care of us. Everything that you see on the surface, sometimes we meet people that are so shallow. But if you want to be deep in the kingdom of God, it's going to determine how deep you let your roots go. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a tumbleweed. I don't want to be blowed down by every wind of doctrine. God has called you and I to say, hey, we've got to get some of our roots a little bit deeper. Let us not just be people that show above the ground. I want most of me to be below the ground because I know that's where my strength is. That's where my nourishment is. That's that's where my blessing is. That's where holiness is. That's where righteousness is. If I'm going to make it living in this day and age, we're going to have to have some deep roots. The olive tree has incredible root systems. Root systems that were made to survive. Nothing can stop the green olive tree. We must be rooted in the apostles' doctrine. We must be rooted in the oneness of God. We must be rooted in that gospel message that was once delivered unto the saints, encapsulated. Now, we believe in the entire Bible, cover to cover, but the plan of salvation is encapsulated in the book of Acts, chapter number 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is is still the message. If it was good enough for Peter on the day of Pentecost, it's good enough for us right here in Bethlehem tonight. Come on. I want to encourage somebody. If you wonder why you're having problems with doctrine, you need to investigate your root system. But as for me and my house, this is my system. This is what I want to be rooted and grounded in. The Word of God must be our foundation. Deep roots mean that you will never dry up. When someone starts to dry up, it's not that God has run out of blessings. No. It's that your roots aren't deep enough. You're going to have desert situations. I've seen olive trees growing in arid places. How is it that the olive tree survives in the Middle East? Because of its roots. We must have deep roots. This is, oh, 
This is the issue, pastor, with church hopping. Ooh, I just felt a cold wind blow in on that one. Church hoppers are infected with the mentality that always believes that the ground is the problem. But when you're an olive tree, the ground doesn't matter. The roots is what matters. If you're easily plucked here and there, chances are you're not a green olive tree in the house of God. I can't hide behind this pulpit because you can still see me. But this is the issue with church hoppers. The ground. I don't like the ground. I don't like the soil. But I'm determined to be a green olive tree planted in the house of God. I understand it doesn't matter if the soil is wet, if the soil is dry, if I go through rocky times, I've got to keep my roots settled into the ground. And if I start to get dry, that's just the cue for me to let my roots grow a little bit deeper because the blessings of God are in the depth. They're not above, they're in the depths where we're planted. Oh, glory. I didn't come to this realization about roots just one day in a prayer meeting. I came to it through a very difficult situation in my life. I came into the church. Here's my testimony. I wasn't raised in the church. I came from a very secular background, as I mentioned today. When I came into the church as a teenager, anything that would burn, I'd smoke it. If, I could, if it would light with a lighter, come on somebody. I wasn't raised in the church. I came from the world. Did a lot of things I shouldn't have done. And I had, those of you with vivid imaginations, I'm about to take you for a ride right here. I had long hair. Some of you all are going to have nightmares tonight. <laughs> Had big chop sideburns coming down my face. And I was into the 80s hair bands. Some of you all know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Some might have even said I was a headbanger. They were right. That's what I was. That's the condition that I came into the church. I was blessed because my pastor taught me, Jeremy, you've got to be a soul winner. You've got to give everything that you can to reaching souls, to loving people. You've got to let your light shine to this world. And I thought the best place for me to start is with my family, as I mentioned today. I took the message to my parents, a Bible study. I was a kid. Just a teenager, but I taught them a Bible study and my parents got in church. So then I decided I was going to go to my grandparents who are now in the presence of the Lord. But I'm thankful that I was able to teach my grandmother, my grandfather a Bible study. 
And they were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when my grandfather died in his bed, he went from this world to the next speaking in tongues. I don't say that to say, look what I did. I say that to say, look what the Lord has done through somebody who had no pedigree, who had nothing going for him. And I'm here to declare to you today, if I can be a green olive tree in the house of God, you can be a green olive tree in the house of God. God is no respecter of persons. He's just looking for somebody who's willing to say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. Lord, I'm willing to be used in your hand. I'm willing to be a tool to build your kingdom. So today, I don't know if I'm a first-generation Pentecostal or a third-generation Pentecostal. I don't know how it works. It started with me, then it went to mom, then it went to grandma and grandpa, and I don't know if it's retroactive. I don't know now if I'm third-generation or... For if you have the answer to that, maybe Bishop and I need to talk about that one. We need to talk to some of the scholars. I, I, don't know, I don't know how to answer that, but I can tell you today, I'm so thankful for what God has done. But it was very early on that my pastor began to teach me many wonderful things about the Word of God. And then, through scandal, through sin, I found myself without a pastor I found myself praying leading worship preaching to an assembly of 250 plus people I was 19 years old and I was the preacher in the church it was a very difficult time and a very difficult season for me to be in, but I must declare it was a season that God grew me. Not above. He grew me below. Because within three weeks of stepping into that pulpit, Bishop, within three weeks I'd preached everything I knew. I had nothing else. I'm a 19-year-old kid. What am I doing in the pulpit? Who am I? This was a situation I didn't ask for. This is a situation that fell into my lap. But God's people needed me. God's people were depending upon me. And within three weeks, I preached everything that I knew. It was then that I called out to the Lord and I said, God, I can't do this without you. Lord, help me to have deeper roots in your kingdom. Lord, I need you to grow me deep into this thing. And it was then that I determined in my mind, God, I've got to stay in this thing for the long haul. And I'm here to tell someone today through the fire, through the floods, I'm still here. And every situation that's represented in this place tonight, you might say, hey, I came in here and I got four flat tires waiting in the parking lot on the outside. But guess what? You're still here. You might be bumped. You might be bruised. You might be scarred. But you're still here. Why is that? Because you know who you are. You are a green olive tree planted in the house of God. do believe this is the reason why the psalmist said blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners 
nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the ungodly, they are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. I've come by here to encourage someone today. Be a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's enough people out in the world that are ungodly, but oftentimes it has to do with where we are planted. This is the reason why I refuse to be planted in the council of the ungodly. This is the reason why I refuse to be planted in the way of sinners. This is the reason why that I refuse to be planted in the seed of the scornful. Why? Because these are the ungodly that are like the chaff that the wind drives away. But what has God called me and you to be? He's called us to be planted by the rivers of living water. Oh, and where is that river? You might ask. Ezekiel said that he saw a river. And that river, he said, was flowing out of the door of the house of God. So what did he do? He looked at it and he said, well, I think I'd like to get in that water. So he walked out. He said, that's not deep enough. He walked out a little bit more. He said, oh, this is good, but I'm still not satisfied. He kept on walking because he said, I understand. If I can get my roots connected to that living water, God just might do something through me. And it's amazing to me the progression. The progression first was in the beginning of his walk, the waters were shallow. The longer he walked, the deeper the waters got. You see, oftentimes we find ourselves in the kingdom of God. We find ourselves pretending like we're in the shallow water when we really should be in the deep water. You see, whenever you begin your walk with God, it begins oftentimes shallow, but it should never stay shallow. The longer you walk with him, the longer that you serve him, you should be getting deeper and deeper and deeper. This is the issue that I have with the quote-unquote spiritually mature who think that this, the insignia of being spiritually mature is to sit back on our laurels and... See how much Holy Ghost we can take before we actually move. It's got to be just the right service or just the right song or, or just the right atmosphere or just the right preacher. It's got to be this or that. That's not spiritual maturity. Spiritual. said it's a spirit of lethargy. That's true. Thank you, Pastor. We're going to tag team tonight. Spiritual maturity is defined by how sensitive that you are to the slightest move 
of the Holy Ghost. I might have been the loudest one speaking this morning, but I've been thinking all day about the interpretation of those tongues that happened in this place this morning. Loud, that's me. I get loud. But sometimes it is still that still small voice we better start paying attention to. Spiritual maturity is not defined by how you'll move if somebody gets loud enough. See, sometimes in Pentecost we got it wrong. We say, well, if he'll say that a little bit louder, I might move. Come on, somebody. We need to be sensitive to the word of God as it is written, as it is spoken in prophecy, in the interpretation of tongues as happened today. What an awesome word that we received straight from the throne of God today. It's been ringing in my heart today. We need to test our sensitivity today to the Holy Ghost. We cannot expect to dwell in the tents of the wicked and be a partaker of the blessings of God. No, 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 a thousand times no. So what is it that the olive tree symbolizes? Hear me, dear brothers and sisters, peace. Think of what the olive leaf and the olive tree represents today. It is a representation to this world as peace. I want to piggyback on that and say if we are a green olive tree planted in the house of God stop having a spirit of contention you think I'm scared of you I'm not I'll come down here and say it again right in your face if everywhere you go you bring contention into the atmosphere and a spirit of complaint and a spirit of murmuring and a spirit of busybodying and a spirit, oh boy, I'm going to preach it tonight. I want to tell you, you have not been called to bring in a spirit of contention everywhere you go. God has called you to be a green olive tree planted in the house of God. So you've been called to be peacemakers. That's the reason why the Bible says, Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, glory. Some of you all thought, oh, boy, I thought Lang was going to teach us Hebrew or something tonight. I didn't see him dismounting the platform and getting in our face. You know I love you. But we have been called. And so the Bible declares in the 119th Psalm, 165, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Part of being a green olive tree in the house of God, we've got to stop with the spirit of offense also. Not only being the one that causes offense, but also choosing to stay offended. That's not the characteristics of a green olive tree planted in the house of God. If you're always offended, you don't have peace. And if you don't have peace, you need to check what species of tree that you are. But as for me and my house, I want to be a green olive tree. That true symbol of peace. And the amazing thing about the green olive tree is that it doesn't matter how old or what that olive tree has weathered. 
it still has the ability to produce oil through the olive berries that continue to grow regardless of the situation that it's in. Hear me, hear me, hear me right now. I have seen in the Middle East olive trees that were growing from root systems that were over 2,000 years old, still producing fruit. I've taken many groups to Israel, and one of my favorite places to take our people is the Garden of Gethsemane, which is at the foot of the Mount of Olives. You don't need discernment to know why it's called the Mount of Olives, because olive trees grow all around it. And is it not amazing that it was this Garden of Gethsemane that Jesus chose to be the secret meeting place between he and the apostles. It was beneath the branches of these green olive trees that Jesus said, let's pray for an hour. These olive trees are amazing to see today. And when you walk into the Garden of Gethsemane, as a believer in the Word of God, you can't help but be overcome with emotion when you go into that place knowing the agonizing prayer that our Messiah prayed when He was there. It's a perfect place to pray. It's a perfect place to say, God, if you can pray this, not my will, but thy will be done. I can also pray this prayer. It's not an easy prayer to pray, I would, that this cup would pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I've prayed those very words in that garden of Gethsemane. And the amazing thing is, is that the trees that are in that garden were there to witness that agonizing prayer of our Messiah. Those trees are well over 2,000 years old, and they're still there. They were there when the Messiah prayed. Those trees were there whenever the Messiah was betrayed. Those trees were there to witness that. In fact, we know that the trees were, were planted uh, from seeds, many of them from the same parent tree, were planted about 100 years before the Messiah was born, was when those trees were planted. And so those trees were there when he was born. Those trees were there when he was betrayed. Those trees were there during all of these things that the Bible speaks about. Those trees witnessed it. Those trees were there when he was scourged. Those trees were there when he was crucified. Those trees were there when he gave up the ghost. Those trees were there when he was buried. But guess what? Those trees were still there three days later whenever he rose again. Those trees were there 
when he was seen of men. For 40 days, those trees were there whenever he walked past. In fact, we think that he may have walked. There is a road, a a very steep road that goes just next to the Garden of Gethsemane. There is a possibility that he walked that same narrow road right by those trees on his way to the top of the Mount of Olives just before he ascended. Either way, those trees were there when he ascended into the heavens. Those trees were there whenever the day of Pentecost was fully come. Those trees were there whenever Acts chapter 2 was being fleshed out right there just across the valley in the city of Jerusalem. Those trees were there whenever the Holy Ghost was poured out and filled them to overflowing in the upper room. Those trees were there whenever Rome came and destroyed the temple. temple. Those trees were there whenever all the Jews were put out of Israel. Those trees were there when Islam rose up And whenever Muhammad told his people to go and to take the Temple Mount, those trees were there. The trees were there during the rise of Islam. The trees were there during the Crusades that were fought right in front of them. And eventually we find the Ottoman Empire comes into Israel, cuts down all of the trees, made all of Israel a wasteland because they wanted to use the wood. But for whatever reason, they never cut down those trees never cut down those trees in the Garden of Gethsemane. Those trees made it through the Ottoman Empire days. Those trees were there whenever Israel was reborn as a nation in the 1940s. Those trees were there while millions of Jews were dying uh, in the Holocaust and dying in the pogroms in the Soviet Union. Those trees were there. And guess what? Those trees are still there tonight. August 22nd, 2021. Those trees are still there the green olive tree was created to be a survivor it didn't matter what wars came to the holy land those trees have the power inside of them to survive and I want to tell somebody those trees are going to be there the Messiah comes back again and he stands upon the Mount of Olives those trees are going to be there brother I gave you a picture I want you to put up there if you don't mind gave you a picture Uh, some of you that have been to Israel with me in this room you know what that is This is the Eastern Gate. Jewish and Christian prophecy declares that when the Messiah comes, he will land upon the Mount of Olives. And then from the Mount of Olives to this gate is not very far. It's a very short distance. But the Messiah will come back upon the Mount of Olives and will go through the Eastern Gate onto the Temple Mount. Just on the other side of that wall is the Temple Mount. Well, when Islam came to Israel, Islam, the sultan, the emperor, said, we don't like the Jews. 
We don't like the Christians. They claim that this is their town. We say this is our town. And we know what they believe. The Jews and the Christians both believe Messiah is coming. Christians believe he's coming the second time. Jews believe he's still yet to come. But we agree in this one point that Messiah will come to the Mount of Olives and will walk through the Eastern Gate upon the Temple Mount. So the Islamic Sultan said, well, we'll stop that because of his idea of who the Messiah was going to be. He had an idea, you see, he knew the Quran, but he didn't know the Bible. The Bible tells us that Messiah is the son of David, the lion of the tribe of Judah. But this sultan said, Messiah is going to be one of their priests, which is a son of who? Levi. So he read the Bible wrong. That happens a lot still to this day, doesn't it? So he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cover this gate. I'm going to fill it in with stone. I'm going to cover it with stone. And I, I, I know that the Levites, that, that the high priest's not supposed to go to a cemetery. So that sultan put a cemetery and started burying dead bodies because the high priest, the Levite, the Levitical Messiah who they thought was coming, said he's not going to go through a cemetery. So in this sultan's mind, he said, I just stopped the Messiah. You see, there's a problem. He didn't know the Bible because they tried to cover a doorway with the stone before. And they tried to stop him with a, oh my goodness. They tried to stop him with a grave before. You see, my Jesus can't be stopped by stones covering up doors and by graves. He has conquered hell, death, and the grave. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? He is the unstoppable Messiah. And there is coming a day, and I'm thinking it won't be long, that those trees that are just below this gate, those olive trees, are going to witness the grave miracle ever he's coming back just like he said the grave couldn't stop him stones couldn't stop him no antichrist is going to stop him he's coming back and I don't know about you but I want to be there I want to be there I want to be there stand with me tonight well, I looked at the time. It's just a little after eight. I did better than what I thought I was going to do tonight. And I'm still just on one battery. <laughs> Glory. The olive tree. It's so powerful. The testimony of those trees planted in the Garden of Gethsemane and what they have witnessed. I can't help but think, Bishop, in this place... The things you've witnessed. There have been trials over the years. 
but there have been miracles. And the reason that there are miracles is because guess what? An olive tree produces anointing. Why is it that they poured in wine and oil into wounds? Because oil from the olive berry possesses inside of it powerful healing properties. I want to tell you tonight, everyone in this place, if you're a green olive tree, you can operate in the Holy Ghost and the anointing can use you in a powerful way. Everyone. We have gone through, as I mentioned before, uh, earlier today, a crazy last one year. My life has been a roller coaster. So finally, I just threw my hands up in the air and I said, praise the Lord, I'm just going to ride it out. But my wife got terribly sick, had a bad infection, and she was running fever, had chills, was terribly sick. Now, my wife is a nurse practitioner. She works in the medical field. It's funny, when you work in the medical field, when you're sick, you still got to go to work. So I told her, I said, honey, the 103 fever, you're not going to work tomorrow. This is not better. I don't care if they got to shut down, if we got to, if they fire you, we got to go somewhere else and get a job. We'll do that. But you're not going to go and work. She was feeling terrible. So my little boy, my little Elias, where's he at, honey? Is he over there? He's over there. My little boy, wave at us, son. Wave, there he is, yeah. My little boy, Elias, five years old, when we were praying that night, he said, Daddy, I want to pray for Mommy. I said, well, then let's pray for Mommy. So we prayed for Mommy, and then we went into bed, and we always quote Deuteronomy 6 and 4 twice a day in our family. We, we believe, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The devils also believe and tremble. So we want to make sure that the devil does not bring fear into our home. If he comes into our home, we want him to get afraid. And the way to do that is to remind ourselves and to remind him every day we are a believer in the one God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So... We, went, we were going to bed. I tucked him in. He said, Daddy. My wife was already laying down, but he said, Daddy, I want to pray for Mommy one more time. I said, well, then let's do it. So we prayed together for Mommy one more time. The next morning, Amber woke up. She started getting ready for work. She said, I, I feel better. I said, well, praise God, great. So she goes on to work. She went to work before my son got up. My son... Elias, come running into the room. After his mom had already gone to work, he had a Superman cape on. He come running in there and he said, Daddy, where's Mommy? I said, she went to work. He said, was she healed? And I said, yes, she was. And he said, well, that worked. And then just went running into the next room. I'm here to steal the thunder of my little boy and tell you, yep, it still works. He's still healing. But here is the revelation. He can pour it out directly from heaven on us if he wants to. But the Bible says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask and think according to the power 
that worketh in us. That tells you and that tells me that God is able to work through us with the anointing of the olive oil, we can anoint people with oil and they can be healed, they can be delivered, they can be set free from all manner of sickness and disease. Now, is there anybody in this place that would testify? He can do it, he can do it, he can do it. These are the things that are reserved for those who are determined and who have resolved I am God. I know you're one. I know that you're able. But Lord, I've got to be resolved who I am. And I am a green olive tree planted deeply and firmly in the house of God. I feel the healers in the house today. Can we lift our hands heavenward right now for just a moment? Can we take, just take a moment. Lift our hands. Oh, I believe God is going to move in this house yet again. He's already been moving, but he's about to do it again. I want some help today from the ministers especially, but for all of those who have seen God heal and still believe that he can, I'm going to ask for your help in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to ask, is there any sick among you? I want to call you to the front tonight to come and join me. I don't care what your affliction is. Would you come? Would you come and stand right here? Now let's not be bashful. That's it. Come on. That's it. Come on, dear brother. Come on, dear sisters. That's it. In the name of Jesus, you need a touch. Those that need healing, that's it. Go ahead and come on. Go ahead and come on. That's it. Oh, yes. He is able. He is able tonight. This is the God that we serve because Brother Lang's here. It's because God is here. It's because we've resolved we're going to be an instrument that brings forth anointing, that produces oil to be poured into the wounds of the afflicted. That's it. Now, anyone tonight that needs a miraculous provision, maybe it's financial, maybe it's for a job, whatever it is, if you need provision in your life, I want you to come as well. We're going to pray the prayer of faith that God is going to be faithful to provide your needs. That's it. Go ahead and come on. Go ahead and push your way forward. Go ahead. Let's press. Let's press in today. We're going to pray together, but, I, but let's, let's come in. Let's allow everyone. We don't want anyone uh, to go without being anointed with oil tonight. I want to ask Brother B and Bishop today if you guys would take this oil. Those of you who need a touch, would you raise your hand today? I want these ministers to make sure, make sure that they see you. Amen. And don't leave this place. God is going to touch you. But we want to do this biblically as the Bible declares to anoint with oil. And the prayer of faith is going to save the sick. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus. That's it, ministers. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now where you're standing, go ahead and begin to cry out to the Lord. 
There are going to be testimonies of what God does here tonight. It's going to happen because of His goodness, because of His power, because of His anointing that's going to be flowing through us. Oh yes, go ahead. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, be it done. Be it done unto you according to faith in the name of Jesus. Be it done unto you according to faith in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's it. That's it. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Go ahead. Trust in Him today. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Be ye healed in the name of Jesus. Be ye strengthened in the name of Jesus. Receive your miracle in the name of Jesus. Receive the anointing power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Speak it out. Speak it out in Jesus' name. He is able. He is able tonight. He is able. Somebody needs to get a fresh blessing tonight. Somebody needs to get a fresh touch tonight. He's still doing it. He's still able. Go ahead. Go ahead. The devil tried to cut you down, but here you are. The devil tried to dry you out, but here you are. Here you are with deep roots. Deep roots in the doctrine. Deep roots in the faith. And deep roots in your trust that God is able to do it. Go ahead. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. You're a green olive tree. You're a green olive tree planted, planted in the house of God. Go ahead. You are a producer today of the olive berry. You are a producer of the oil. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. Peace, peace, 
Let this anointing go to your home and bring peace to contentious situations, to contentious relationships. Let there be peace in the home. Let there be peace in your family. Let there be peace in the church. Go ahead. Let there be healing of relationships. Let there be healings of backslidings. Let there be healings of the soul and healings of the mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Speak it out. Speak it out what you have need of. God hears you and God is able to supply. Oh, hallelujah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be it done unto you, brother. Be it done unto you, brother, according to faith in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Be it done unto you, sister, according to faith in the name of Jesus. Be it done. Hallelujah. God, you're able. Let's turn this place into a prayer room for just a moment as they begin to play and sing whatever's on their heart. Join in with somebody. Join in with somebody and pray the prayer of faith over them. Yoke up with them. The Garden of Gethsemane is filled with trees that have stood side by side. For 2,000 years, they have bore fruit together. They have witnessed disaster together. They've witnessed victories together. Yet they're still standing there. There are people in this assembly that year after year, you have stood side by side. Now pray one with another. Now yoke up one with another. You've seen dry times. You've seen fruitful times. But you're still here with roots deep. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. Let it be done unto you according to faith in the name that is above every name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, that's it. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead in Jesus' name. God, I speak healing. I speak life. I speak strength. Oh, God, I speak provision. I speak strength and peace, oh, God. In the name of Jesus, let it be done.
Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. He has done it. No matter the need, he's done it. He's able. That's it. Go ahead in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Can we rejoice in the Lord? That's it. That's it. Go ahead. Let's rejoice in his touch. Let's rejoice in his power and his anointing. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Lang, for preaching to us. Don't you appreciate the Lang family being with us today? Amen. 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 Back last, a year ago, March, um, our group was in Israel when the, the lockdown happened here. We were in Israel, and we went to the Mount of Olives. And they had clipped some of the branches from those olive trees that were that were there when Jesus was there, and so I grabbed me some of those the, those uh, tips of those branches and I put them in my backpack, and uh, I got them home and I've I've, I've got them, but uh, in the bottom of my backpack, about five or six of those leaves, I forgot it. They were down there and they dried out and they cracked. And I opened my backpack one time and it looked like I had marijuana in the bottom of it. <laughs> but I promise it was just olive leaves from the Mount of Olives. <laughs> Amen. If you'll stick it out, let me just, I, make, I, made this, I made a promise very similar to this a few weeks ago, but let me tell you, if you'll just keep coming to church and you'll stick it out and you'll put your roots down, I will not promise you that life will always be perfect and I will not promise you that you will never go through trials, but I will promise you that you'll survive and you'll make it. Amen. I'm telling every couple, every young parent, every elder, that you can make it through the storms of life. Do I have witnesses here that'll prove that, that say you? You can do it. You can do it. Look at somebody and tell them you can do it. Amen. You can do it. Thank you, Brother Lang, Sister Lang, and family for being here. Thank you for all of you for coming to the house of the Lord.